0: We are starting a series this weekend called Unstuck. Unstuck. We've all had experiences where we feel stuck, haven't we? Uh, Maybe it's in traffic. Been to a Twins game recently. How about those Twins, by the way? Yeah, I think we can say and We're going to take down the evil empire, the Yankees, right? Come. Yes. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, maybe you've been stuck in traffic recently. Maybe you've been stuck in a conversation. You ever been in one of those conversations where like they're just not getting it. They're not getting the verbal cues. Even you're walking away. They're still talking to you. You're just stuck in one of those conversations. Uh, maybe you've been stuck in a job situation. Maybe you are stuck in a job situation. I, I was stuck I'm one of those classic Stuck situations a few weeks ago where uh, we just returned from a road trip and, uh, and we, we drove our minivan halfway across the country and back. So we had taken that thing basically across the country without incident. And then I turned on our newer car, the newer car of the two, because that's the one I drive, which every good husband should drive the newer car of the two, right? Jen loves a minivan. She just loves rolling in that thing. I don't want to steal her joy. So so I, I turned on the newer car and, you know, it sounded like it's not turning over. It's not starting. Okay. And have you ever had the thought, like, I wish I would have listened to my parents more when they were trying to teach me life lessons. You ever had that thought? Like, instead of being the kid, they're like, oh, sure. I'm so sure, dad. Like, why are you telling me that? I'm never going to need this information. I, 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 why, why didn't I listen? I have that thought every time I have to jump start a vehicle because it's like so confusing, right? There, there's this cable and there's red and black and which ones go together and where do you start? And you know, my dad told me, I do, do remember this. He said, if you touch two together, it can electrocute you. I'm like, I don't want that to happen. So I'm just a, you know, I'm just a wreck trying to figure this out. So an hour later, I'm still trying to start the car and then I, I do whatever a respectable man would do in that situation, ask my wife to help. And that was, she wasn't able to help me either. So I did the, the next thing that any respectable man would do. I called roadside assistance. And like you know, the garage is by the road, right? And so they come. Now uh, he, he showed up within a half hour. He got that thing. I wasn't there because I wasn't going to be seen with a tow truck in front of my house. Someone coming to help me and you know, jumpstart the car. And so actually the guy goes, well, wasn't a man that called me? And Jen said, actually he's next door helping our neighbors install the new AC unit. <laughs> Yeah, that wasn't true, but, uh, <laughs> but it would have been nice for her to say something like that. Uh, but he, he got, he got it started like that, right? And, and it's because he knew what he was doing. And he also had one of these things. He, he had one of these. Have you ever seen one of these? This is like the greatest invention ever. This little charger right here. You can jump start your car four times with this thing, which I had to do for two weeks until I got a new battery on our car. But this thing is amazing. It's amazing. It's a tool I wasn't even aware of, but, but I wish I would have known about earlier. We get stuck in our lives in all kinds of ways, don't we? Not just with cars, lots of ways. We get stuck in, in the area of mental health. We get stuck. And we keep trying to use the same tools, the same knowledge or lack thereof, right? To get our batteries going, to get our lives going, to get us moving down the road again. And and we We just keep coming up with the same results in this series. God, I believe he wants to point us to some new tools, some new ways of thinking about mental health, some new insights into how to get unstuck in our mental health, how to get us unstuck. And by the way, I do mean us like this series is for all of us, not just you you didn't think the series was just for some people, right, have issues, we all have issues, now uh, there, there are people who struggle like severely with mental illness. We know that one in five people, adults, will struggle with a mental illness this year. One in six youth will struggle with a mental illness this year. That means that just about every one of us directly and indirectly is touched by this, our lives or someone we love. Even if we don't struggle with a uh, like significant mental illness, we all could afford to, to grow in our mental health. And yes, I said all. Right? We, we may not all have clinically diagnosed anxiety, but, but we all get anxious from time to time. We typically don't even know we're anxious, but it makes us do funny things. like get angry or shut down or try to control situations or control people. It's coming from somewhere. So how can we, each one of us, grow, move forward, get the battery going, move down the road a little bit? That's what we're going to talk about in this series. All of us. I know you're thinking about someone, and you should be thinking about someone who maybe is struggling like, seriously with mental health issues. But, but start with yourself. How do I need to grow in my mental health? Apparently, this is not a, a new phenomenon. Human beings struggling with mental health issues and needing to, to grow and, and get unstuck in, men, in their mental health. It's been going on for thousands of years. Certainly 3,000 years because that's when the Psalms were written. We're going to look at a Psalm, Psalm 40. If you want to open your Bibles, you can do that. The words will be on the screen too. Now, if anyone ever says to you that Christianity or the Bible is all about just putting on a happy face or pretending like everything's okay all the time, even when it's not, if anyone ever suggests that they haven't read the Bible, they certainly haven't read Psalms because the book of Psalms, one third of the Psalms are lament Psalms. You know what laments are? Like calling out to God, crying out to God. God, I need your help. I am in distress. Lament, even complaining at times to God. Can God handle our complaints? Yeah, he's got. And lament Psalms, which by the way, tells us that's an important part of the human experience. It's an important part of the healing journey is to acknowledge pain, to acknowledge that we've been hurt, to have that hurt Validated, it. It's an important part of it, not to suppress it and stuff it. That just comes out in all kinds of ways that aren't helpful. We've got to acknowledge it, address it. Now, two-thirds of the Psalms are praise Psalms. They're, they're praises to God, pointing to God's you know, power and goodness and faithfulness and, and the help that he can provide, the healing, the hope that we can have in God. Two-thirds of the Psalms. So in this series, we're going to look at four different passages from Psalms, laments, praises, all of it, so that we can kind of see how God wants to help us get unstuck with our mental health. So get at verse, verse one here in Psalm 40. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. He turned to me and heard my cry. Let's just camp there for a moment. I waited patiently for the Lord. Can you relate to those words? Waiting, particularly in the area of mental health. I like, have been waiting for a long time. I've been dealing with this for a long time. I've been struggling like years, decades, my whole life. Like I've been waiting enough already with the waiting. There's that experience that we can have. Wow, the light at the end, I don't even see a light at the end of the tunnel. Where's the light? King David is the one who's, he's given credit for the Psalm and The Hebrew here for waiting patiently means to wait expectantly, to wait confidently, to wait believing that God is going to show up. How can he do that in the midst of his struggle, in the midst of his lament, in the midst of his darkness? How can he do that? Here's how. He knows God. He knows God's character. He knows that God is one who is faithful and is with him and is one who is Turning to him and hearing him we don't always know why we're waiting it's hard we'd like to know why lots of reasons why we're waiting in the midst of a struggle you know, we live in a fallen broken world with fallen and broken people who factor into all of that you know, we, we live in a world where the enemy of God the devil is real and he's on the prowl and he's sometimes part of that Sometimes God's timing is not our time. We don't always know why we're waiting, but we can know who is waiting with us. That The God of the universe is with us. We can know him. We can know that he will turn to us, that he hears us, that he will not abandon us. Now I was thinking about this in another context, but I would ask you to, would you pray for kids of pastors? They need extra prayer. Would you pray for our kids, pastor's kids? Right? Because they are always the last ones to be picked up, right? From children's ch- from kids' church or or from practices, like we're running around. I'd, honestly, I don't even know where they are right now. But they know we're going to come. We haven't left them yet because they know us. They know that we care about them. They know that we're going to show up. They know that we're going to be there. They they know even when they're waiting, they may not want to be waiting, and, but but they know will come. That's God. He will come. He will be there. The more we get to know him in the waiting, we can lean into who is God, lean into his character. Even when we can't see it or feel it, he's working and, and we can know him more and wait expectantly. In the meantime, just hear these words. He, he's turning to you. He's, he hears you. Your words are not falling on deaf ears. They're falling on divine ears and into God's heart and they, he hears you. He's turning to you. He's always coming. We may not be able to see it, but he is. Verse two, this is the theme verse of the series. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. The Hebrew there means that he got me going again. He got me going down the road again. So to paraphrase that, God got him unstuck. Out of the mire, solid ground, gets him going again. Now listen to the hope here says, he has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. I believe that for this series. I'm believing that for this series, that many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Oh, the joys of those who trust in the Lord, who have no confidence in the proud or in those who worship idols. Oh, Lord, my God, you have performed many wonders for us. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. You have no equal. If I tried to recite all your wonderful deeds, I would never come to the end of them because they would go on and on and on and on. You hear the hope in that? It's the hope we can have. And that's written by someone, King David, who lived a thousand years before Jesus would come. King David was living with the promise, the possibility of a Messiah coming, of a rescuer coming, of a deliverer coming. We live 2,000 years on the other side of the cross where we can live in the reality of one who has come. We don't have to wonder, is God come? And no, he's come. He sent Jesus, God with us. He has come. And, and he's come to rescue us. He's come to redeem us. He's come to get us unstuck in our lives. We can know the reality of, of, the, of the death of Jesus on the cross, which... He does for us what we could never do for ourselves, overcoming sin and brokenness, the resurrection, overcoming death and the devil and the hope that we can have for eternity. That's the the, the center of the center when it comes to knowing that we don't have to stay stuck. There is a God who has come and his name is Jesus. And he's turning and he's coming even now. We can live with that hope. But in order to live with that hope, we need to know that that God makes available to us all of his healing resources. Jesus comes and then he, after the resurrection, he promises the the Holy Spirit, he gives us the Holy Spirit and then the Holy Spirit gives us access to all the resources of heaven, all of God's healing resources. This is key for us in this series, that if we wanna move forward, get unstuck, we need to be open to all of God's healing all the help that he can provide. I think one of the main reasons we get stuck is that we, we kind of just have a slice of the pie. We just see part of it or we hear one biased view or an incomplete kind of version of this. And God wants to offer all the help. Love this verse, James 1, 7, 17. It says, every good and perfect gift comes from above. Every good and perfect gift. And it's good and perfect if it brings healing. If it brings help. If it points to truth. It is I was talking to someone uh, last night. He just had brain surgery. He said this, I thought it was so profound and timely. He goes, I don't know if my surgeon was a Christian or not, but I do know that the skills that he has can only come from one place, the God of the universe. The the skills that he has to perform that brain surgery. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. We wanna be open to all the resources that God makes available, which means we don't have to buy into these false dichotomies. Like, is it it medication or meditation or prayer? No, it's not either or, it's both and. These are resources, the creativity, ingenuity, the innovation that's made that medication possible if it's needed and the prayer, the meditation, all of it, it's not either or, it's yes. Or is is it therapy or is it theology, understanding God? No, no, it's yes, both, all of the help the holistic healing package that God wants to offer us. And as we continue through this series, we're gonna look at specific topics like anxiety and depression and relationships and how we navigate those. But through it all, we're gonna be open to all the help that God wants to give us. And as we go through this series, before we even uh, take another step in this series, I think it's important for us to recognize that there are reasons why we get stuck. I was alluding to it just a moment ago, and we, we, we get stuck for a number of reasons, and, and I think they can be summed up with these three words that all start with H. Which, by the way, pastors are known to have a mental illness called alliteration. It's just, you know, it's proved fact, proven fact. It's not going to change. Just get used to it. Okay, so the three words are we get stuck because we're hurting, we're hiding, or we're hindered by some false or incomplete kind of picture of mental health. We have to get stuck for one or more of those reasons with our mental health. Let's talk about the first one. We get stuck because we're hurting. Duh, right? I mean, that's just a duh comment, isn't it? No. Nah. When we're hurting, we are hurting. You know, sometimes we laugh about this, but remember those commercials, like I've fallen and I can't get up. Like older people, are like that's not funny in and of itself, but, but it's also true of us with our, our times that We are hurting and we cannot just get up on our own. It's why you don't want to say to people who are hurting, like, come on, just get over it. I mean, can't you just, you know, get better? Or people who are depressed, like, why don't you just cheer up a little bit? Or, or someone who's anxious, and I can relate to this because this has been my journey, like, stop being so anxious, which when people say that, I'm like, oh, I'm even more anxious now, right? Stop being more anxious, relax. Yeah, I'll tell you to relax, I'll show you to relax, Right? See, it's not like just, it's why I don't like that phrase, God helps those who help themselves. Oh, isn't that in the Bible? I mean, are you saying you don't like something? That's not in the Bible. That, that quote was coined by a, a, Polish, a British politician in the 17th century. Speaking of politicians and mental health, let's, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, And then it was popularized by Ben Franklin. And we think it's straight out of scripture. Actually, a more accurate message from scripture is God helps those who know they can't help themselves. That's who God helps. God helps those who get to the end of themselves realize, you know what? I really can't do this on my own. I know I need God. That's who God helps, the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit who go, I know I can't do this on my own. You know, one of the most destructive movements in the history of humanity, I'm convinced of it, The self-help movement. Because it's like, well, yeah, I just, I got myself. That's all I need. I self, I'm good. I can figure this out on my own. I can do this on myself. Like self is enough. And it kind of reinforces this idea that, and this is the idol that lots of people, including us at times we're not careful, are bowing down to the idol of self. Where self is the ultimate form of reality. The ultimate form of being self. If we're gonna get unstuck and step more into the fullness of life that God has for us, it itself is not gonna be enough. I'm just gonna tell you that. We need, we need God's help. We need others in our lives. We need the resources that God provides. All of the help that God provides. Counseling. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I believe everyone, every person would benefit from going through some counseling at some point in their lives. It's not a sign of weakness, it's a sign of strength and courage to do that. it's it's a helpful resource. Prayer, the power of prayer. It's a big part of who we are at Hosanna. People praying after services. We have a ministry, a prayer ministry here called Sozo, Inner Healing Prayer. Dealing with some of that stuff that comes from our, you know, child families of origin, stuff that we've experienced along the way, like dealing with that stuff. There's a course here called Freedom Story. I would like every single person who can call Hosanna their church home to go through Freedom Story. It's being offered this fall freedom from the hurts habits and hangups that we that we all we all carry hurt. Got to deal with that if we're gonna get unstuck. And then there are some people who are so stuck they can't do it like they need someone to come alongside of them. Like the stretcher bearers, there's a story this passage in the Gospels of four friends who take this paralyzed man on a stretcher to Jesus because he can't get there on our own. There are people in our lives, you can think of them even now, they cannot do it on their own. They need you to go to their door and say, I'm taking you with me. And they need you to call them and say, hey, we're going to this together. Or I'm making this appointment for you or whatever it is because people, some people are there. How is God calling you to be a stretcher bearer for somebody? Even now, call them today. Go today. If you need to leave right now, do it. There are people that are so stuck and they're hurt. The other reason we stay stuck is because we're hiding. We're all hiding something. Four years ago, we did a series called Out of the Shadows. And the goal of the series was to break down the stigma of mental health in the church. Because the reality is the church hasn't always done a good job of this. At times, the church has offered simple solutions and piled on the shame, making people feel worse. Like you should just pray more. Like I prayed like more than anyone possibly could or you shouldn't take medication, right? Like that's against God's will, stuff like that. And if you've been hurt by the church that way, hear me, I'm sorry. On behalf of the church, maybe this church, certainly the larger church, I'm sorry. And we wanna be a part of the solution. We wanna wanna move this thing forward. We feel like it's part of our calling as a church to bring this out of the shadows so the more people can get unstuck and experience healing in their lives. We did a series last fall called on shame. And shame is the thing that makes us hide. That's not from God. That's not what God does. Makes us hide, keep things in the darkness where stuff can just fester and continue to haunt us and hold us back. Shame. We start buying into that lie that starts with people... What will people think of me? Are people, if they know this about me. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Why? Because it puts way too much stock in what people think of you, for one. Two, most people, the people that really matter, will think more of you when you bring things out into the light than less. The people who think less, their opinions aren't worth a pile of something, you know? I, for one, will think more of you. Bring it out into the light, out of the darkness. If we read this in scripture, 1 John 1 7 says, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we can have fellowship with one another and be cleansed and purified. When you bring stuff out in the light, when you bring the light, there's hope, there's healing. One of the reasons we hide is because we are hindered by incomplete understandings. We, have, we don't have all the tools, we don't have all the perspectives when it comes to mental health. And so, uh, part of what we want to do in this series, and even right now, is give a more complete picture. Instead of me talking, We have a real uh, privilege to bring an expert up. Uh, It's my privilege to bring an expert up on stage. Kim Bushman, who's the founder of Water's Edge Counseling, is such an expert. And would you join me in welcoming her to the stage right now? Hey, Hey good to see you. Likewise. So Kim, in addition to being the founder of Water's Edge, is also on our vision board here. So we get to hang out and her leadership and... Um, impact here I'm so grateful for and I'm grateful for you being here I know this is part of your your journey not just professionally but personally so would you tell us a little bit about that
1: yeah so um, like you Ryan I've had a my my life has been spotted with moments of pretty intense anxiety starting back to um, when I was in kindergarten Um, It's kind of the earliest story that my family has about how anxiety showed up. And I needed to get my tonsils out, but it took about three or four times for um, or attempts for me to get the tonsils out because I kept spiking a fever. Um, And so eventually my brother had to come get his tonsils out. And I I really don't know if he needed them out, but apparently (laughs) he was the identified companion that helped calm my anxiety a little bit so I could at least get my tonsils out. And then just throughout my life, just had different moments of uh, spikes in anxiety, and um, yeah, just it, it, it's been up and down. Yeah, yeah. and then and in my journey on that, um, as I went to grad school and became a, a psychologist, you know, I learned all the skills of the counseling, and they're super helpful like, they are very helpful. Um, and then about 10 years ago, I went on this really strong faith journey, and I learned how to merge the counseling skills with the truth of the biblical principles. And I I found such a profound state of peace that it was like I never wanted to give that up. And uh, so since then, I have some spikes of anxiety here and there, but not dominated, and I know how to get back to that peace place. So it's both. Yeah,
0: amen. I love Mm -hmm. that about your story and how God has used your struggles to bring so many solutions Mm -hmm. and breakthroughs and helping people get unstuck in all kinds of ways. Mm Well, I know one of the reasons why we get stuck is we talk about false dichotomies. We think that mental, health, mental illness and physical illness are in two totally different worlds or camps, and it's not true, right? They're actually much more related than we are led to believe at times.
1: Yeah, yeah. so when I was in grad school 25, 30 years ago, um, we would often talk about mental health as if it was the mental illness, and so there was some wrong vocabulary being used. And we didn't understand really all the, the causes and the contributing factors to mental illness. But today, um, we're able to scan the brain and, and do more um, assessment with what's actually going on in the body when somebody has symptoms of a mental illness. And it's very clear that mental illness is a brain phenomenon, that there's chemical changes or hormonal changes or systems in the body that aren't working the way that they were designed to work which is the same thing for physical health, right? And so when you're physically healthy, all systems are working the way they're supposed to work. And then when you're physically ill, something's disrupted or there's been a virus or bacteria um, that came into your system. And that's the same thing with mental health. There's the ideal mental health, all systems working the way they're meant to be. And then you have a common day cold type mental illness um, all the way to life-threatening, life-altering levels of mental illness. And so it's very much under the realm of a medical condition yeah Yeah. it's
0: helpful and i've said to people i think in messages that Mm -hmm. you know that depression is a lot like diabetes and yet we Mm -hmm. have this you know shame or stigma around it but really we shouldn't see it differently than a physical illness Mm -hmm. or um, health issue Mm -hmm. a big topic in Mm -hmm. mental health these days is trauma and i know that you know, it's much broader. The application of trauma is much broader than mm-hmm. than we've maybe typically thought of. So yeah. tell us about that.
1: Yeah, So I'm just going to give a, a really broad definition of what trauma is, and that's anything that overwhelms your system at a given point in time. And so what overwhelms me might be different than what overwhelms you. And what overwhelms me today might be different than what overwhelms me 10 years from now or what did 10 years ago And so what we know is that when we have those experiences that overwhelm our system, for whatever reason, um, they can result in kind of residual symptoms that are the symptoms of mental illness. And so treatment today has been informed by that. We call it trauma-informed care, where the appropriate kind of assessment process is looking at what are those situations that overwhelmed you and um, are contributing to some of your systems. So good care should include what's called trauma-informed care. Helpful. Yeah,
0: I was reading a book recently and the author mm-hmm. was talking about a time when he was, you know, he was a 10-year-old boy and he got up to read in front of his class and they all, you know, he remembers it this way. They made fun of him. And right. you now 30 years later, he's looking back, that was traumatic and it's still affecting me. It's still getting in the way, keeping me stuck because I haven't dealt with it. Yeah,
1: you know? and, and shame is one of those situations that, um, can overwhelm our system and get us stuck. So the shame piece is, is very much um, a component that should be looked at in, in the healing process. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you've got a, a great story, testimony about your granddaughter yep. that I'd love for you yeah. to share with everybody.
1: Yeah, so I have, I have four grandkids and the oldest is 10 and her name is Grace. And um, Grace, I share this story uh, with permission from Grace as well as from her parents. And uh, Grace has been having a growing intensity of fear of storms. And um, like she could see it on the radar coming and she'd start to get high anxiety and kind of sometimes even up to that panic level. And so her mom and I were talking about kind of what are some of the counseling type things that we could do to help her. But separate from that, uh, one day I was spending some time with her and teaching her some of the, the spiritual tools that I use and that I'm gifted in. And we were just, we were practicing listening to God and, and trying to figure out God's identity for her and his plans for her. And she was asking God questions and he just gave her some really cool pictures and showed her really just this amazing future of, of doing his work and, and probably being a leader and maybe involved in a ministry, but helping people with their hurts. And uh, I decided to just ask her like, Grace, what do you think this means regarding storms? And she stops and she lights up and her, big old smile on her face. And she's like, Nana, I am not going to die. And she put the pieces together because she realized that the pictures that um, God had given her were about her future. And she said, if I'm, if God has these plans for me and they're not going to happen until I'm older, that means I can't die today in a storm. Right. And so it doesn't mean that the next storm that came up, she didn't have anxiety because she did. Um, But it does mean that she now has that tool of God's promise to her that she can learn to incorporate other skills and mindsets around so that when the anxiety comes, it doesn't dominate her, that she can actually manage it as a normal level of anxiety and fear. Mm. So much fun. I love that. I love that story. And she just reminded me, she was here at this service, she just reminded me that one of the things is that she's supposed to be making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, so... If anybody's hungry, she'll, she'll make you a okay, sandwich. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> of course, I'm sitting here
0: thinking, I'm wondering if you can help my dog. Like, he gets really anxious during storms. Can you help him? Or- yeah,
1: yeah, that's just a pill. Pill, yeah. okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. 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 <laughs> no,
0: mm-hmm. no dog therapy there. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, it's just such a gift to have you up here. Is there anything else that's on your heart? I'm going to have you stay up here so you can pray for us sure. at the end. But uh, mm-hmm. is there anything else that's on your heart that you want to mm-hmm. share with us?
1: Yeah. So um, research shows that about 50% of people with depression, when they um, actually take that step and get help, 80 to 90% of them actually have benefits from that help. It's a really high percentage. There's a low percentage of people stepping out and getting help, but it's a high percentage of those that benefit. And so my word for you today is really decide to get unstuck. Take that first step um, to step into the help that's available so that you can benefit from it. And the first step can look all kinds of ways. All the things that Ryan listed, um, are options for taking that first step. So just commit today to take that first step.
0: Amen. Well, you're such a resource for us in our community, at our church. Can you join me in thanking Kim for coming up to share? She's not going anywhere. She's going to pray here at the end. You know, this, uh, this topic of Mental health, it's a big topic. It's complicated. There's a lot to it. And we don't pretend to be, you know, be saying in this series, we're going to solve it all. We're going to address it all. We're going to, you know, there aren't quick fixes in, in most cases. You know, it's, it's a process. It's progress. I always say it's progress. It's not perfection. Progress. Progress. Not perfection. One step at a time. We do believe, though, that God wants to show you your next step toward greater mental health. What is your next step? Uh, in Psalm 119, verse 105, it says, God's word is a lamp unto our feet, which 3,000 years ago, a lamp would have been just enough light to take that next step. Not the next 25 steps, right? That's overwhelming for me, but, but just the next step. I had a thought recently, uh, I think it was just from the Lord, it on to you, that a lot of little steps in the right direction can take you a long way. A lot of little steps in the right direction can take you a long way. Just one step. What's your next step? What's the tool or the resource that God wants? Maybe it has to do with, we talked about the last series, up in and out, this pattern that Jesus shows us. Maybe it's a step in your relationship with God, the Father. You know, praying, leaning into prayer more, or studying the word, or coming to worship even more regularly. It's a be here three year. Have I mentioned that? It's like, this is part of it. Maybe maybe it's in, like more community and, and, and open up your lives to people and, and walking with folks and meals and, and even sharing those dirty feet parts of our lives with others. Maybe it's out. We heard this last week, but there is some secondary benefit. It helps others, but there's some secondary benefit to reaching out and serving. It gets us outside of our self. I talk about anxiety. No wonder there's so much anxiety where people are all just stopping at themselves. We can get beyond that. There's freedom and hope and healing there. Maybe maybe you're hurting and, and there's some healing that needs to take place. And one of the resources we've talked about or a new tool that you haven't engaged before. Maybe it's bringing it out of hiding. You know, four years ago in that series, I shared, my, some of you remember this, I shared my story, my lifelong struggle with anxiety. I didn't want to, but the Lord's like, if you're gonna talk about mental health, you gotta share your story. I did, I had a vulnerability hangover the next day. <laughs> But I've never felt more free because you're never more free when you know you have nothing left to hide. Nothing left to hide. When it needs to be brought out of hiding into the light, oh, I want that for you. Maybe it's leaning into some new way you know, that you've been hindered by and understanding mental health that God wants to show you all the help that He can give you. Whatever it is, that next step. And I want to be clear that I am practicing what I'm preaching. Hey, I, I have struggled with anxiety throughout my life. It's never been better because of God's help and the hope that I have in him. Never been better. So there is hope. And yet, I'm not gonna just talk about this as pastors often do. Way back in the past, I used to struggle with things. And just recently over the last year, I noticed every once in a while, not a lot, but every once in a while, if I'm tired enough, if I'm stressed enough, my kids are being pills enough, I will, I will blow up verbally at them. And it, it's too much and it's too fast. And uh, you know, it doesn't happen a lot, but I don't, they don't need that, right? So my next step, getting unstuck, instead of going into the shame place, which none of you should, don't go to the shame place, go to the healing place. Take that next step. Right? What did I need to do? And so this Friday, I was sitting in a therapy session. This Friday, looking at, okay, why does that happen? What can I do to be less stressed? Uh, Have more peace in those situations when the kids are going crazy. Doesn't mean we're gonna be perfect, but we can make progress one step at a time. What's the next step for you? We're gonna pray for you. Kim's gonna pray for you right now because it does require supernatural capacity. We can do all things through him who gives us strength. And Kim's gonna release a prayer over us right now that'll move us down the road a little bit if we're open to it.
1: All right, so we're gonna, um, while we were singing earlier, I um, just had a really strong sense that God wants us to pray over kids right now. So I'm gonna pray for each of us here individually as well. But I just, um, and when Christ died, he gave us the power and authority that he has and he has healing power and authority. So parents, I just wanna speak to you that that God just wants to break off generational lines of anxiety and depression. And that, um, I just declare that you have the power and the authority to break that off and that you, um, that God has given a supernatural protection over your children. And so Lord, I I just pray that in, I pray your supernatural protection that we just say there is no more, um, no more clinical anxiety, no more clinical depression in these family lines. And so if that's for you, I just, um, I just ask that you continue to pray into that and um, maybe we pray, uh, talk to a prayer minister later about it. But if you join me now and, and just open your palms, um, hands up uh, if you're willing and um, eyes closed or um, soft gaze on the floor just so that your focus right now is just you and God. And um, previously uh, in this series, I I sensed that God was saying there are people as they're sitting here getting lies that are coming to the surface and situations that are coming to the surface. And he's saying that's exactly what I want. Those lies, those situations um, are why Christ went to the cross and Christ took them to the cross. And I just heard him say, give them to me. And so I just invite you, if you're willing, to give those lies to Christ right now, to just release them to God. And so, Father, we just say, we give you this. We give you the lies that we have partnered with about our identity, about your identity, um, about life, about our purpose. Father, we give you the shame that we've been walking with and holding. We give you the fear and the anxiety. We give you despair and hopelessness. Whatever it is, Lord, that's not from you, we give it to you right now. We ask that you would take it. And Father, I ask that in return that you would speak truth to each person here. Truth about their identity. Truth about the calling you have for them and who you are for them. And Father, I just release your hope. I release your faith, your love, your kindness, your joy your profound peace. And Father, we just thank you that you are a faithful God, that you don't want us to be stuck. And so Lord, you are a source of our courage and our strength. And so I pray that into each person today that you would speak to them right now, the next step, and then strengthen them, encourage them to step out and take that. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen.